0: How you doing, everybody? The Jet a Podcast Day. Network.
1: Welcome to SportsCourse, a podcast where a Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your host... Chad Cobbick and Lester
0: Munson. We have got uh, topicality galore, and we're joined, of course, by ESPN legal analyst Lester Munson. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chad Kavik. Welcome once again to uh, Sports Court, Lester. Right off the top, uh, you and I are in concurrence that uh, it's a waste of time after ball games for uh, Lou Piniella to meet with the uh, media. Lou uh, trots out, uh, looks very avuncular, very grandfatherly says absolutely nothing but uh you know every once in a while Lester Lou will reach back and come up with a quote which I find to be really really provocative now after Sunday's ball game and uh that uh, horrendous seventh inning a repeat of the seventh inning on uh, Friday against the Reds following the game uh, Lou said and I quote uh we figured we'd score runs with more consistency and hit more home runs that hasn't happened <laughs> Now, now that's got away with... The only thing we had to fear is fear itself.
1: That has not happened. No kidding, Lou. Thank goodness we have these press conferences. I, I would. I'm, I'm a Cub fan. I'm not a baseball writer. I want the press conferences to come to an immediate end. I don't want to hear from them. It's embarrassing. All these platitudes, all of this manager speak, all of these baseball cliches, I want him to be sequestered somewhere until they win seven games in a row. Then he could have a press conference, but even then I have my doubts.
0: Well, I, I see where you're coming from, but the immediate problem is very simple, and you know this is uh, a member of the sports law community. If Lupinella determined and the Cubs determined no post-game press conference, the Baseball Writers of America, Chicago chapter, in unison with their brothers and sisters around the country would file an immediate protest and force Lou Piniella. They have a post-game press conference.
1: And they would be successful when they did that. Uh, I have always thought that those press conferences were a complete waste of time. There is no lower form of journalism than the press conference, <laughs> and uh, I am very tired of them. And But you're right, Chet. The, the, the base, the, there, there are contracts, there are rules, there are structures in place so that the manager must come out, sit there, and ask and answer questions that are occasionally are embarrassing, and then he comes up with this: that has not happened. Even, what was the guy? Corky Miller hit a home run yesterday. Derek Lee and Aramis Ramirez can't hit anything. Corky Miller hit his fourth home run after ten years in baseball. That that's the way the Reds and the Cubs were play, playing yesterday.
0: All right, uh, from one negative to another. Tiger Woods, uh, in your legal opinion, in your uh, moral opinion are we looking at a golfer who is going south because of uh, uh, the problems with elon or are we looking at a golfer who may well somewhere down the road be exposed as one who has used either steroids or hgh
1: i think there's a lot of things going on here chet steroids and hgh easily could be one of them dr Galia, the canadian doctor who specializes in a steroid cocktail that includes human growth hormone visited tiger woods on at least three occasions that we know of, Tiger Woods has sworn Elon to secrecy as part of the divorce mm-hmm. settlement. My guess is uh, Dr. Galia was one of the reasons for secrecy. The other factor with Tiger Woods is he is uh, 35 years old, and his chances to win major tournaments, even if he was the same Tiger Woods, go down by the week. That after a, When... When Niklaus won that epic Masters. 86. 86. Yeah. That is an exception, obviously. That's what made it an epic. And uh, at this point in his career, Tiger's going to str- struggle just as he did a few days ago to make the cut, much less win a major.
0: What do you suppose Tiger paid uh, Elon in terms of a settlement, in terms of uh, uh, community property, in terms of cash, as opposed to money dished out to Elon just to keep your mouth shut about what I've been doing?
1: There was a combi- It was a little bit of each. There was a combination of things going on there. When she files for divorce, she'll file in California. That gives her certain advantages. There was a disclosure of his net worth during this process, which pushed up her half way above what anybody expected. And he has this privacy. Idea. Somehow he is above and beyond scrutiny. He thinks so. That was a factor. So you put them all together. Uh, she's going to walk away with seven hundred fifty million dollars, according to most reports. This is up from.
0: And she can't even the- putt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she looks better than Tiger right now. <laughs> but this is up from three hundred million. That when the, when this process began. So there's been a lot of exchange of information. He insisted on the confidentiality clause. Ironically, Elon and her sister, her twin sister, who is this power-packed lawyer from London, th- they were not intending to write a book or do anything anyway. They're not like that. They, they had no interest in that, so Tiger's paying them a lot of money for something they weren't going to do anyway.
0: All right, uh, you're Commissioner Alistair Munson of the PGA Tour. You have to look at the uh, immediate future and say, Tiger Woods... Is a non-factor. He is no longer a major television drawing card. Well, he is if he's in contention on a Sunday. Right. He might be a drawing card. But the impact of Tiger Woods basically is gone. What do you do right now to save a tour that is devoid of stars without Tiger Woods? Uh, th-
1: that's a real challenge. Uh, the PGA Tour is going to have to reconsider what it's doing. Obviously, Tiger Woods was was made the market for television for them for the last. Uh, 10 years. There's no question about it. Now what do you do? David Toms and Rocco Mediate are going to be sudden <laughs> icons in the world of golf? I don't think so. If you go down the list of who is in the final day of the tournament, there's maybe four names there that you can recognize. And it's they're going to have a serious problem adjusting away from a one-man sport.
0: You know, uh, Lester, if uh, Rocco Mediate right now walked into uh, Gibson's Restaurant over on uh, Rush Street, you know what the reaction would be? Uh, Waiter, can you get me another shrimp cocktail? (laughs) (laughs) Who would know him? Who would know David Toms? I think the only recognizable golfer in the world besides Tiger Woods, there might be a couple of them, Uh, Phil Mickelson, and maybe because he's a charismatic young guy who's never won a major, Sergio Garcia.
1: That would be it. That would be it. Any any of the rest of those guys, if they walk into Gibson's, they'd have to go to the Mater D and give a calling card if they want their <laughs> name in the column as who was at Gibson's that night.
0: All right, uh, Lester, down there in uh, Athens, Georgia, we seem to have a, a minor problem with uh, Athletic <laughs> Director uh, uh, Damon Evans making 550 lives to serve as AD for the, uh, for the dogs. Uh, uh, how soon will he be uh, offering up his resignation speech?
1: <laughs> I would guess that uh, Damon Evans... Uh, probably is going to be gone uh, within the next couple of days. This guy, unbelievable, five minutes before his new contract was to kick in. 11.55 on the evening of June 30, he is pulled over by a state trooper. An incredible set of police reports have now uh, emerged, as they must. The, the uh, He's in the car with a 28-year-old woman. His wife and two kids were at home. And the trooper says to him, "Uh, sir, what are those red women's panties doing sitting in your lap? And his (laughs) reply recorded in the police report was, well, she took them off, and so I'm keeping them. I'm trying to get her home. Um, th- this, this is the statement that is in a police report that everybody in the world can see. This guy had just received a raise of $110,000 per year. And as you said, Chet, he was going to make five fifty dollars as the athletic director for the Georgia Bulldogs.
0: You know, when you get right down to it, Luster, how perverse is our world when the Atlanta Hawks give Joe Johnson, who is really J-A-G with a jump shot, a max-out contract, When the Knicks reportedly are telling LeBron, come fly to New York, you'll make $2 billion in outside revenues the moment you sign with us. And you look at the Chicago public school system with illegals, graft, red tape, misappropriation, lousy computers, terrible rate, Here is the most embarrassing school system in America, and we're worried about whether or not LeBron James is going to be a bull. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it really does make you wonder what's going on here. I, I, and things do not seem to be moving in the right direction on any of these things. The, uh, thanks to a failure of leadership at the state level here in Illinois, uh, thanks to the intractable mess that you described so well in the Chicago public schools, it, it's a very sad commentary, and you do wonder uh, where uh, American priorities may be.
0: Well, Lester, uh, there are so many popular and positive things we could be talking about right now. Um, have the Detroit Lions just cornered the market on, on misery? Is there is there some god of karma who says that the, the Lions must suffer just because they are the Lions?
1: If I were a member of the Ford family, not the Ford family of fine cars, the Ford family that owns the Detroit Lions, William Clay Ford, Jr., and he finds out that the president that he had picked to replace Matt Millen a guy who has struggled with alcohol problems he has pulled over, he, he thought he was clean and sober for a year and a half and then on the way home from a golf charity event, decides to stop for a few and gets pulled over. The poor guy. I mean, (laughs) there are no red panties in this one. This is just a sad case of a guy with a problem who gets pulled over. You can see the video. Go to the Free Press uh, website. There's a video of this pathetic character trying to do the test that you do when you're pulled over on a DUI. Stick your arm out and have your index finger t- touch your nose. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. But I'm okay. I have not been drinking, he says, <laughs> as if the officer is going to listen to him. Um, and then he, he, he's a lawyer. He's worked for the Lions for 16 years. He couldn't make up his mind whether to take the breathalyzer. Listen to us folks out there. If they pull you over, the answer on the breathalyzer is no. No, this is free advice I'm giving you. Never take the breathalyzer the first time you're pulled over. This guy couldn't even figure that out.
0: All right. Uh, one bad owner and one bad owner only to run your franchise into the ground. Who would you rather have? Donald Sterling, the L.A. Clippers. Oh. Jimmy Dolan, the New York Knicks. Or William Clay Ford, who since 1961 has had a Detroit Lion franchise that in the 50s, as you know, was a juggernaut, for heaven's sakes, has had them mired in total and complete mediocrity. Which bad owner would you want and why?
1: The the worst of those owners is clearly Ford, and the only reason he he doesn't have more notoriety. Here, poor Dolan, every mistake he makes is magnified 100 times Mm -hmm. in the New York market. Uh, Sterling has been written up so often as the worst owner in the history of sports that it's become a cliché. But Ford manages to skim by uh, unnoticed because he's in Detroit. And, as you say, the Lions were one of the great franchises. Oh. Fantastic, interesting teams. Mike Schmidt, all those guys. It was fun to watch them. One of the highlights of the Bears' season in those years was playing the Lions sure. twice. Now it's a joke. I mean, it's, uh, it's a whole different thing.
0: All right, uh Lester, the Chicago Cubs, on my, uh, on my chart right now, I have the over-under on uh, total losses for the Cubs here in uh, baseball uh, uh, 2010. I'm now going with uh, uh, a scorecard of 94 losses, over or under?
1: I think they could probably have a real good second half of the season and lose only 93. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a struggle. Some guys who have not produced are going to have to produce. This is a disappointing season. I am a Cub fan. We always expect good things. I actually thought when I saw Zambrano showed up in shape, when I thought Ramirez was going to be healthy, I thought they were going to have a decent year, but that, that clearly is not the case.
0: Well, there was a headline in the uh, New York Post that you uh, evidently missed this morning. It was right on the back page. I read uh, as follows, Zambrano to shrink, please stay hydrated. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, now when is he going to come back? He might be back in August. I I, I don't know what's going to happen. Well,
0: yet. somebody's going to have to pay the tab. I mean, uh, yeah. the Ricketts family can only go on so many safaris, can only go on so many goodwill junkets. Lester, right now, the, the biggest problem the Ricketts family faces between now and spring training next year is they have to find a scapegoat, maybe multiple scapegoats. If you were Ricketts, what would you do?
1: If I'm Ricketts, uh, I've made up my mind right now that Hendry and Pinella are gone. I've made up my mind that the pitching coach, Lori Rothschild, is also gone. And I am convinced that the Cubs get inferior medical care and that the trainers have no idea what they're doing. There are too many injuries on Cubs players that come back a second time, just as the Ramirez injury has now surfaced again. So that I would clean house on everybody. The Ricketts have been very patient. They did not come in with a lot of bluster. They didn't come in knowing everything. But now they've watched this, and I think, I I, I hate to say this, it looks to me like they have to start over.
0: Kind of interesting. Uh, John McDonough joins the Chicago Blackhawks and signs a team doctor, unheard of, a team doctor to travel with the club. His feeling being contact sport, physical uh, uh, wear and tear. We really should have a doctor with these guys. You're telling me the Cubs are receiving inferior medical care.
1: I don't have any doubt about it. And McDonough, that's a wonderful idea. It is so contrary to the culture of hockey. Just think about it. These guys are Mm. tough. We get banged on our head. We dislocate some joint. We come back out and play. If they have a laceration on their face, they stitch it up, come back out and play. It's the ultimate tough guy sport. But McDonough is thinking very clearly about the welfare of his players. He knows they need help. The doctor's right there. It's a, it, everybody else will now have to do this, like so many John McDonough innovations.
0: Uh, by the way, if you're scoring at home and you're curious, uh, uh, Georgia, Red Panties, the Detroit Lions, Honolulu, Blue and Silver. <laughs> uh, that uh, takes care of this edition of Sports Court for uh, my good friend Lester Munson and our marvelous friends at American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. I'm Chet Kapik. We'll catch you next time around. So long, everybody.